Welcome to The Power of Faith with David Hathaway. In this episode, David continues his Bible study from the book of 2 Timothy. It is God who saved us and chose us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began to show his love and kindness to us through Christ Jesus. For I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Paul was in prison, but that did not stop his ministry. Although he lost all his material possessions, he would never lose his faith. He trusted God to use him regardless of his circumstances. If your situation looks bleak, give your concerns to Christ. He will guard your faith and all that you have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Now, please join David as he ministers today's word. Christ has abolished death and brought life and immortality. You know, I think that's the word that we need to use to describe it. It's, I'm immortal. You are immortal in Christ. And it's been brought to light through the gospel. The gospel is not just salvation from sin. The gospel is of immortality. And then in verse 11, of course, he comes on to the next bit and he says, I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher to the Gentiles. It's not to the Jews, it's to the Gentiles, although he was such a high-level Jew, such orthodox Jew. And so I want to remind you that basically Paul is saying, Timothy, you are appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. Verse 12, for the which cause I suffer these things. He's suffering for the gospel. Don't be afraid if you suffer for the gospel. And I have to remind myself sometimes when I'm going through difficult periods that I mustn't be afraid or ashamed of suffering for Christ. I mean, look how they persecuted Jesus. Top and bottom, I mean, the religious Jews persecuted him, hounded him, and in the end, he was betrayed by one of his own disciples. And, of course, as I've mentioned before, I, I only have to remind you that Jesus, who uh, grew up in Nazareth, he was born in Bethlehem, but grew up in Nazareth, uh, ultimately, when he went back there as the evangelist and the messenger of God, they tried to kill him and threw, off, threw him off the cliff to kill him. Of course, they didn't do it, didn't succeed. So he's not ashamed of the, the suffering because, and then he says something. I love this. In fact, it's a verse that in our English language has been set to music, and I could almost sing it to you now, where he says in verse 12, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep all the sin I've committed unto him against that day. What a wonderful statement. This is Paul's statement. I know who I believed him. And it's a persuasive I know and, be, and am persuaded 
and I like that word persuaded, that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against the day of his return. And then he goes on in verse 13, hold fast the form of sound words which you've heard of me in faith. I'm afraid in Timothy there's an awful lot of this that Paul is speaking against those, and I'll be dealing with it in the next message, speaking against those who don't stick to sound doctrine. And uh, yes, you have to hear my next message because it is quite strong. Paul, even in those early days of the new church, has to make a stand against false teaching. So hold fast the form of sound words which you've heard from me in faith and in love in Christ. That good thing which was committed to you by the Holy Ghost which dwells in us. You know, I don't hear other people other than Paul speaking of salvation in this way. That our salvation and the gift of God in us is something which is committed to us. And you know, the way Paul is saying it, it's almost as if we're holding it in trust. You know, if you've got something precious and you're going away, you might give it to your friend and say, hold this in trust until I come back. And that's, that's in effect what Paul is saying about the message we have, this message which is committed to us to hold and to use until, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, of course, until the day when Christ comes. And then he goes on in the final part, this you know, that all those in Asia are turned away from me. You know, what a tragedy it must have been in the prison for even Paul, and Paul was probably the greatest of the apostles, has to admit that in Asia they turned against him. And, of course, he's mentioning who they were, Fergelus and Homogenes, and he says, the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he refreshed me and was not ashamed of my bounds. And when I was in Rome, he sought me out diligently and found me. And then he says, the Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy in that day. And how many things he ministered to me at Ephesus, you know well. But what a tragedy that Paul in prison has to acknowledge the fact that the believers in Asia have turned against him and are led by these two men. And then, the, then Paul turns in, in verse 16 what he's saying about Anesiphorus. Anesiphorus blessed Paul when he said, you've refreshed me. It's obvious that Paul had stayed in his home and Onesiphorus had fed him and housed him and so on. And he wasn't ashamed 
of the chain. And I wonder whether one reason why believers in Asia had turned against Paul, I've never heard anybody say this, but is it because they were ashamed that Paul was actually in prison? You know, it's an interesting point. I can't labor that point, but it does seem the way that that Paul is writing it when he says, Anesophorus is different because he wasn't ashamed of my status as a prisoner. And you know, having been in prison and knowing that even when I came out of prison, some people turned against me. And some said, you knew you were breaking the law and smuggling Bibles, they should have kept you there and the Prime Minister shouldn't have rescued you. That came from Christians. So I know full well what Paul is saying. But he says that Anesophorus searched for him when he was in Rome, found him, and in verse 18, the Lord grant unto him that he might find mercy of the Lord, and in how many things he ministered to me at Ephesus. May God bless him. And I want to thank those of you who support me and help me. Let me take this opportunity of saying thank you. I need your help. I need your support. God bless you. Our times are in God's hands. That's why we as believers are alive together today. Your unity in prayer and finance advances the kingdom of God. We are one body, but many different parts. Together, we proclaim the name of Jesus over this world. Thank you for continuing to support our evangelism and ongoing work in Ukraine. David's vision is to see Europe one for Christ. To make a donation, visit eurovision.org.uk forward slash donation. Your donation enables us to provide humanitarian aid to those displaced by the war in Ukraine. And through your support, we are able this year to evangelize in Armenia, Georgia, and Kazakhstan. Thank you for your generosity. We pray God's blessing upon you and your family. We would like to give you a free gift. David Hathaway's Prophetic Vision magazine is available free of charge. All you need to do is ask for it. This faith-building resource will show you the path to revival in your life and ministry. To receive this free magazine, visit eurovision.org.uk forward slash magazine. Thank you for listening to the Power of Faith broadcast with David Hathaway. We would love to hear from you. Contact us by visiting eurovision.org.uk. Also available online are many free teaching resources to help you on your walk with God. David has written many faith-building books to encourage and inspire. Order these online today. Each month, David ministers online and in person. Our ministry is only possible because of the faithful support of so many people. For details on our evangelism and humanitarian relief work, visit eurovision.org.uk. Thank you again for listening.